Groot Breakfast met Ruben en Sharonika. Nou goed, nee, uh, dit het nou gister hierdie nies nou uitgekom, dat daar is nou groot kommer oor sekere vulstaties, wat nou diesel verkoop, wat met paraffin, paraffin gemeng is. Ja. Nee? En ek is dus gister toe, vraag nou, jy het lomp vraag rondom die historie, ek is dus maar, hoe, hoe, hoeveel skade kan het nou werkelijk berokken? Je weet, want ik meen, dit is nog steeds een uh, stof wat gebruik wordt om, uh, jy weet, energie te verschaffen. Ja. So en so. Iemand het selfs gister vir ons een screenshot gestuur wat sê dat dit basis diezelfde ding is. So ek is net soos, um, hoe staan jy? En dis die ding. Light and Beard from the AA is joining us uh, this morning to chat about this and give us some insight into this because I mean there's loads and loads of questions and uh, yeah, firstly are you well this morning? Light I am, thank you Ruben, good thank to be with you and Sharonika. Yeah, thank you for your time, we really appreciate it. Yeah. So, 70 uh, stations <coughs> that we know of currently yeah. that is selling the paraffin mixed diesel. Yes. Okay. So tell us a so little bit. Let me bit just put that into context yeah. before you ask your question. Yeah. We have around 5,500 filling stations in the country. So um, apparently the sample size, um, and this is something that came out late yesterday afternoon, um, 1,070 filling stations were sampled, and from that, 70 were found to have this contaminated fuel. So that's around 7.5% of the sample size. If you look countrywide, we've got about 5,500 filling stations. Um, just to get a little bit of perspective, 70 is a large number, but it's not a, we, 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 we're not in a pandemic. You know, we, we, yeah. we don't have this at the moment. Yeah. Okay, so how many of those were sampled? The how many, 50-odd thousand stations? How many were sampled, did you say? So there were 1,070 stations were sampled. Right. And of that 1,070... Yeah, 70 were found. 70 were found, yeah. So here's the thing. I mean, how many do we not know of? Well, I think this is the question. Um, You know, like I say, we've got got 5,500 filling stations in the country. The story broke on News24 um, over the weekend, and basically it just referred to the research that was done by the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy. We're not getting a lot of information from the department. There's a not, not a lot of information is forthcoming. So I think some of the things that we would like to know as the AA is what, you know, how were the samples taken? Yeah. Where exactly were the samples taken? Were they taken at the filling stations? Were they taken at the wholesalers? If they were taken at the filling stations, did the filling stations tell them go to the wholesaler as well, check the wholesaler that we're getting the fuel from? Because what happens is, is that there are a lot of the smaller fuel stations are buying their fuel from wholesalers, and the wholesalers, in an effort to extend the volume of their of their uh, their diesel, are adding in paraffin so that you've got more volume and you're getting more money. So you're profiteering off this practice, and they're on selling that to filling stations, and filling stations are they may be I don't know they may be buying this totally legitimately, thinking you know. Mm. I, I think this is diesel. I, I don't know, and and so they they may just they, they may be in as a bad position as the purchaser is actually buying it at the end of the day. I was I was going to ask. Sorry, Shani. Yeah, no, because I think it just it's an important point to make that of those five and a half thousand, when we think of a filling station, our minds automatically go to a franchised station. But yeah. there are a lot of these small independent stations. Yeah. So the, I mean, that's an excellent point. You know, you and 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 I think you know off air we were talking about it. You know, you make a you make a very good point. Some of the bigger players in this industry, you know, your major players. I'm not going to name them. I think we all know who they mm. are. They will, they will, 
they will balk at doing this type of thing. They're not going to thin their, uh, their diesel. They're not going to contaminate it. It's not going to be adulterated because they have too much to lose. You know, they've got brand wow. names that are yes. international. They've got reputations to uphold. And they've got quite close connections with governments and they've got with, with other private sector companies. So to actually do this type of thing is not in their best interest. But especially in the rural communities, you will find um, many smaller players, independent players, who get their fuel, um, you know, from other wholesalers. And from what we understand from, you know, for instance, the South African Petroleum Industry Association, a lot of what we are talking about now is those players. It's mm. not the big brand players. It's not the major. Mm. It's those guys that are smaller um, entities. So, um, but again, we need to know, is, this, are, is the testing going to continue? Um, you know, what is the DMRE going to do about this going forward? Th- that's a big unknown question right now. So we don't know exactly where the mixing is taking place, if I can call it that. We don't. It could be at the wholesaler. It could be at the retailer. Yeah. Um, so it could be either. And unfortunately for a motorist, you're not going to know. Exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, yes. when you're putting this stuff in your car, you don't know whether it's uh, it's dirty diesel or not. You just you're just hoying it. Eh? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, Leighton Beard from the AA, he's here with us this morning to talk about the thing that came uh, popped on to the news this weekend. Like you said, News Twenty Four. And we spoke about that yesterday, and uh, a lot of people were concerned about that. I mean, they're saying, all right, but how will we know? At least now, more or less, you know, more or less you've got a gauge of where to choose your filling station and where not. But the thing is, what would you say would be red flags in making a choice to fill up, to Mm. try and ensure that you're getting the right grade of diesel? Yeah, look, Ruben, it's a difficult question to answer. I think take a testing kit with you when you go to your um, local petrol <laughs> that, station. That's exactly what I said. <coughs> I was like, oh, yeah. nobody's going to do that. I carry that gonna, in my yeah. handbag. <laughs> yeah, and, and by the way, I mean, your HTH pool testing kit is probably not going to work. Yeah. So, um, um, no, look, it's a tough one. Eh? I mean, you know, uh, I, I think you, you, you've got to have a few things in mind. First of all, if you're going to look for if, – if you're looking for really cheap diesel – um, you're not going to find it. Uh, fuel prices are pretty high at the moment. If you're buying fuel um, in a certain band, say between 20 and 24 rand a litre, right, and at, at some point you get to a station and they're selling it for like 18 or 19 rand a litre, way under what you'd expect to pay for it, that should be a red flag. Because mm. obviously there's a process there where they're saying, well, you know what, we can sell it for cheaper, but the way we will sell it for cheaper is, is we'll actually thin it out We'll increase the volume. We'll make sure there's more of it. So if, you know, if we push volume, um, even at a low price, we'll, get, we'll still profiteer off it. So that's a red flag. As we said earlier, your big brands, your major outlets are probably are, are not going to be involved in this mm-hmm. type of thing. So if you go, um, I mean, and, and if, if you look at the Pretoria area, you know, you look at Linwood, you look at, you know, all of these areas where you've got these big, big name brands. Those guys are probably are, are not going to be involved in this. So stick to what you know, mm-hmm. um, you know. Unfortunately for the motorist, you have to rely on the good faith of the station. Mm. And you have to trust that the fuel you're putting in your vehicle is going to be safe, and that gives you peace of mind. And I think the the brand that you've always been using, um, the station that you've always gone to, that is, for for us, carry on doing that. That's a good thing to do. Let's get to the damage, possible damage that can be caused if you should get some of this paraffin mixed diesel thrown yes. into your vehicle. Yeah. What is the extent of the damage that one can expect? And is it a, like an immediate thing or is it a long-term thing? It's, it's 
probably going to be more long-term. Um, uh, what you're going to find is, is that, um, you know, because illuminating paraffin is like a cleaning agent. So it's not really a fuel, right? So it's, it's going to come into your, into, your, into your engine. Look, when you buy a vehicle, you've got your owner's manual. One of the things we always say to people, you know, I, I get a lot of calls from people saying, how do I do this? How do I, you know, what should my patient be watching? Read the manual, you know, uh, RTFM, or, you know, re- read the manual. I'm sorry, like, some of us forget to do that and are bad yeah, people. So, so, but here's the thing. If you are in your vehicle and you have a question, rather yeah. than go to Google, rather than go, you know, or phone your dad, is, you know, well, let me have a look and see maybe the manual has something to mm. I'm Sorry to digress. Just on that point. I was driving in a new car the other day and, you know, there was a tire issue and everybody got out and they wanted to find, you know, where's the spare tire. And you read in the manual, this vehicle actually doesn't have a spare tire. It's a, you know, so, yeah. Okay. But besides the point, um, look, um, your car is designed to take a specific fuel. It's designed to take diesel and your owner's manual will tell you that. When you mix different fuels in with that, you are corrupting the, the fuel mixture that the engine needs to use. So you're looking at problems with your pistons, with your cylinders, mm. um, general mechanical issues. You won't immediately see it, but over a period of time, you'll see there's a loss of power. Um, you'll maybe hear a bit of a noise coming from the engine. Here's the problem, though. You take that car to a mechanic and they open it up. They may say, but, you know, it was caused by wear and tear. Or this is the, other, the, this is the reason that this uh, mechanical issue arose. They may not identify that it is because you were using contaminated fuel. Um, that's and that's what makes this a very tricky situation. But the long-term damage could be extensive, and it could be very expensive to repair it. So, Leighton, I think the pressure should come, firstly, to find uh – the route where these things are, where the, uh, the diesel is getting mixed, shut right. that down. Yes. Firstly, and that I think is probably the best way to get uh, to eliminate this. Easier said than done. I think. Right. I, th- I think the problem that we've got is, um, uh, you know, in, in a country like South Africa, we've got huge economic problems. There's a lot of people facing huge hardships, and people are going to try and make a buck where they can. Yeah. And one of the things that they're mm. going to try and do. Um, is at, at, at a certain point at a depot, whether it's the wholesale or the filling station, whatever they're going to say, well, how can we make this? How can we, how can we take what we've got and make it more? And some guy will then say, well, just add 25 liters of paraffin to that or whatever. You got more. And th- because paraffin is obviously a lot cheaper, uh, uh, than diesel. So you add it and you, and you're going to profiteer from that. I mean, 15 years ago, and this is from the South African Petroleum Industry Association, 15 years ago, um, South Africa was selling around 100 million, uh, liters of paraffin. Today, we're somewhere in the region of 1.2 billion. So that just gives you an extent of how, um, how widespread the sale of, of paraffin has become, probably uh, because not everybody's using it for heating and cooking and lighting. I mean, we, th- there's other things that do that. Mm. It's probably being used in this, in this instance. Just for interest, mm. like, like as well, again, putting it into perspective, you had just over a thousand people um, all part of, part of this research group. So that's about a fifth of all the stations in the country. Yeah. I realize that we do not necessarily have the capacity and the manpower to do more research. Mm. But do you think there is a chance that maybe they will do further tests on the rest of the stations? Sure. I think that they definitely will do. Um, but remember as well, the oil companies, the big brand companies, they do test themselves. 
Okay, so they are regularly doing compliance on their fields. They're regularly doing tests on their fields. I mean, these are not bit players. These are not guys that are saying, well, let's just get into this industry and, you know, stuff around a bit in it. These are serious people in this fuel industry. So the product they sell and their reputation are very much linked together. So they definitely want to sell a good quality product. They definitely want to ensure their reputation is intact. So they've got experts, and I'm certainly not one of them. I'm not a chemical expert at all. If you ask me to do a chemistry test now, I'll probably cry. Mm. But the point being is that they've got these guys, really bright people, who will go out and will do mm. tests on their fuel at the filling stations, at the wholesalers, at the point of sale, at all of these different places. And that's why when people say go to the big brands, that's part of the reason yes. why, because that quality control is already there. And as we said, a lot of these problems appear to be happening in the smaller bit players that are not in the center, uh, uh, not in the metropoles, but probably in the more rural areas. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen next and what, what should uh, what should happen next? Yeah, let me, let me yeah, ask you that way. The, excellent question. I think the DMRE should take the country into its confidence and, ex- and, and, and tell us exactly what the research com- uh, comprised of, what, what the sample sizes were, what you know, where they went. Mm. Um, at, at the end of the day, I think a lot of people want to know, is this my local petrol station around the corner or not? I think the DMRE should do that. They should give the country an idea of exactly how they're going to go forward in terms yeah. of sampling. Yeah. Uh, and I think some of the oil companies should also come to the party and say, this is what we're doing in terms of mitigating these types of issues. But um, as we said before, I think the bigger companies probably safer than the smaller players at the moment. Awesome. Leighton Beard from the AA. Thank <coughs> you so much. I really appreciate your insights into this. And uh, yeah, like I said, there's no reason to, to worry too much currently. No. Stick to what you know, as you said. Yeah. And if there's a, a clear red flag, just steer clear. 100%. Basically. It's too good to be, looks too good to be true. It, it probably is. is. Thank you so much, Leighton. Appreciate your time. You're Thank welcome. You so Thank much. you so much. The Groot Breakfast with Ruben and Sharonika. With trots geborg immunity.